your hour of thrive time be- 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 begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of drive time. And today's show is going to be one that is going to inspire you, impact you, influence you, and certainly instruct you in ways that will help you continue your thriving journey. So we're thankful that you're joining us today. If you're joining us for the very first time, let me go ahead and just say thank you for carving out your hour to join us on today's show. I know you're going to see and hear and recognize the value that this show delivers, and you're going to make it a weekly part of your activity for thriving. Many of you that are listening to our show now for almost uh, two years as we're coming up close to our 100th episode have come to realize that you can find real value here, whether you catch the show when it airs live on all of our multiple stations or as a rebroadcast on my podcast uh, platforms, you're finding this is a good place to spend an hour of your time where the return will give you what you need to succeed in the areas that matter most to you. And today's no different, folks. Today we're going to hear from three individuals that are making impact, instruction, especially instruction, but also influencing and inspiring others. And I'm highlighting these individuals right here from our flagship station location in Dallas-Fort Worth. And we're going to hear from three individuals that are what I call Dallas spotlights, people that are doing things locally that are having rippling ramifications for those who they have contact with, for those who they are working with. One of those individuals we're going to hear from is James Weaver. James Weaver is a legend around here, folks. Now, maybe some of you who are not in this area may not have a real clear understanding of who James Weaver is, but you will pretty soon. A guy who created himself to be the legend that he is in the world of business as a CEO. James Weaver is the founding father and the CEO of one of the most globally recognized companies, Total Business Solutions. What a fantastic story, James brings to the table as someone who grew up with meager means, worked his way up, and now he is not only one of the premier CEOs of the of globally, but also of companies that he is now helping restructure their game plans, and he is responsible for helping some companies uh, earn and develop up to $300 million in profits. Now, when you've got a genius like that locally, you bring him on the show and you pay attention and take good notes. So we're going to hear from... James Weaver, the president and CEO, chairman of Total Business Solutions. We're going to hear how a CEO thinks from the ground up. But we're also going to tap into an individual, David Williams, that I had a chance to meet not too long ago. I was so inspired by his story for what he is doing for the inner cities, uh, for the inner city kids, that I wanted to make sure that his story was brought to the air because it is impacting inner city kids here in the South Dallas area. Now, I have a special heart for that because I grew up in the inner city. I grew up in Spanish Harlem. Many of you who are my recurring listeners know my story. I grew up in Spanish Harlem and meager means. Spanish Harlem is uh, right there in New York City, in Manhattan of New York City. So we didn't have a whole lot. So I understand inner city living. And the fact that David Williams, through his initiative, is sharing the knowledge of technology, and he's going to share that story with you, uh, to impact the lives of young minds in, in otherwise unfortunate circumstances who may never have have men that may never have access to that type of information he's bringing that and he's making an impact in the lives of those kids. So we're going to talk to David Williams about his initiative, and then I always enjoy hearing from. Couples that are joining forces in odd ways, interesting ways, unique ways, but they've joined forces. I call them the power couples. And I've had shows in the past, for those of you who are willing to to go back and through our library and hear power couple stories, because regardless of the business or the service they provide, it's the story behind the business that becomes encouraging, inspiring to other couples who might be considering taking on a joint initiative where they can bring their value to the table when two like-minded people join forces. So we're going to hear from the founder of Eco Friends Pest Control. And it's it's not the pest control, my friends. 
it's the story of Lynn Ellis and Mick on, and how they came to be and now why they are the leading company in this area providing pest control in an eco-friendly way. We're going to dive into that. They're our business spotlight, but their story is so amazing. So we're going to have a chance to hear today from three distinct individuals in distinct areas, but collectively bringing to the table 10 pounds of groceries, which we're going to jam in a two-pound bag today, folks. <laughs> now, let me just encourage you, if you've not had a chance to listen to our prior shows, I'm going to invite you to visit my website, the jmamietalkshow.com, the jmamietalkshow.com. There you'll have a chance to hear all of our prior episodes, close to 100 episodes coming up, folks. In a couple of weeks, we'll be celebrating our 100th episode broadcast. That's going to be a big deal. You can hear all of our prior episodes at our library, and that, which is connected to all of my Pla uh, podcast platforms. You can hear that. And you can also hop on over to my regular site, the jmamie.com. There you'll have a chance to learn a little bit more about me, my blogs, my blogs. I've just uploaded a bunch of great new blogs. I think you'll enjoy the writing behind them, but also my sales mastery course. The reviews on that program now is really a, a stellar. They're starting to change lives now. Those who've been subscribing for the last four or five months are individuals who are returning uh, who are reviewing the program and giving me great feedback. So that's where you can find the sales, the thrivesalesmastery.com and all of the rest of the goodies that I've got to share. In addition to that, make sure that you stay in touch with me on all of my platforms. My Instagram and Twitter is at the J Mamie. You could also find me on LinkedIn, J Mamie and Facebook the same way, my friends. You can find me at the J Mamie on Facebook and track me down on TikTok. We've got a lot to cover today, folks. I'm excited about today's show. It's about bringing value that is delivered from those that are here local but can make a global impact with what they have to say. We're going to be right back with our first guest after the break. Friends, this is Jay Mamie, and I'm thrilled to announce that our merchandise site is now open for business just in time for the holidays. My inspirational quotes, encouragement words, and thought-provoking phrases can be printed on a number of very cool items to help you stay in thriving mode. Make sure to visit my website, thejmamie.com. Look for the store link. Check out the items. Once again, that'll be at the jmamie.com. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need to so you can experience the results you want. ThriveSalesMastery.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. In studio today, I'm excited. I always look forward when guests come to the studio. You know, for some time, we have, uh, uh, there are times when we have remote interviews. People call in, fantastic individuals call in. But today, we're lucky enough to have James Weaver in studio today. As I mentioned, we're highlighting Dallas born, raised, incredible people that are doing amazing things, not only locally, but globally. And that's why James Weaver is here. I mentioned earlier, James is not only one of the legends in business, but also the CEO. He's also the founding father. He's the chairman of a fantastic company, Total Business Solutions. He's got a wonderful story. James, welcome to the studio today. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. And I look forward to being a part of your program. Wonderful. James, let's get started with your earlier story. You and I have a lot in common. We grew mm -hmm. up in, with meager means. I shared that early on in our opening segment. But but let's hear it straight from you, your upbringing right here in the, in Texas. Okay. I uh, grew up in Dallas, Texas. My dad was a uh, milkman delivering milk, and uh, he made enough to keep us in, in uh, uh, food and a house and mm -hmm. transportation, but only minimum, no extras. Mm -hmm. And so he worked hard, and uh, at an early age, I realized there's more to life than just those three things. And so I wanted more out of what I had. Mm -hmm. My clothing would be like two two jeans and four shirts and one pair of tennis shoes to last me until the next September when school started again. So wow. I wanted a little bit more than that. And so at age eight, I started figuring out how can I make a little extra money? And mm -hmm. I did all kinds of different things that I won't even go into. And I did that all the way up through college. I mean, through high school, mm -hmm. just working. And, uh, and, and through that process, I learned two key things. The one, well, number one, the value of hard work and the value of a dollar. And, uh, so I've, uh, I've, I've, 
I was not going to accept just a mediocre and mediocrity. Mm. I wanted mm. to work hard and I wasn't afraid of that. And I did. And then, uh, I was able to do that. Then I went to the university of Texas, graduated with honors, All right. was recruited heavily by a number of uh, companies. And mm-hmm. at that time I had decided I wanted to be, uh, uh, maybe a, an owner of a business someday. Didn't know what that looked like, but that was one of my goals. And so I selected a, a company that gave me good all around business training. And that was Johnson and Johnson medical. I started off in manufacturing. I got into product development. I got into sales and marketing and international sales and marketing and all that. And so I really got a good exposure to all areas of um, sales and marketing. And then eight years into that program, I uh, met some gentlemen in the industry who wanted to start their own business and had already got, uh, had plans to do that. And they asked me, based on my experience, would I be willing to join them? And uh, I was in New Jersey at the time. They were in Chicago. And I said, well, where are you going to do it? And they said, we're going to do it in Dallas, Texas. And I said, sign me up. (laughs) I'm on the way. Sign me up. And I left a really good paying job. But uh, this was something that I had dreamed of, of doing and and setting myself free. Not uh, that you have just total control as an Mm -hmm. owner or a part Mm -hmm. owner, but you have control over your destiny. And if you, the harder you work, the more you perform. And so we uh, uh, started our company, and we had a vision. Uh, at, when we're paying our bills with our credit cards, our vision mm-hmm. was we wanted to become uh, the leading developer, marketer, and distributor of disposable hospital products. We wanted to then become the number one sales of that, uh, dominate the sales of that internationally. We wanted to then go public. Our vision after that was then to acquire other companies to support our strategic growth. And then to uh, our final goal was to sell to to a public company, mm. and it took us twenty years, but we stood true to our vision, right. and we sold our company to um, uh, uh, Fortune five hundred company. And since then, I then I uh, was too young to retire, didn't have no retirement in my bones, mm-hmm. and I started Total Business Solutions, where I used all the skill sets that I developed during that process, and I now go into companies that need. Uh, turning around and need a new vision, new, new uh, direction, or maybe need a mergers or acquisition. I've probably done 25 or 30 mergers and acquisitions in my process, in my life. And so I, I do continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And I just enjoy working with people and making a difference in their life and, and, and making a living doing it. So, well, you know, one of the things I spoke about earlier was that you're responsible for taking some of these companies up to 300 million profit. Uh, from a small uh, profit to 300. Now, that's a huge leap. We're going to talk about how do you do that um, because that's that's extraordinary. But you said so many, what I call, uh, you, you gave so many knowledge bombs. I call mm-hmm. them knowledge okay. bombs. All along the way in the last four or five minutes, that we could spend hours chatting on each one, mm-hmm. initiative and vision and all sorts of things that, that uh, high-level people and those that are striving for something better have to experience. They have to have initiative and vision and then getting around the right people that can inspire each other and build each other and have like-minded ambitions. All of that, right? All of that. Yes. But what was it early on when you were in that situation where you realized, you know what? My, my parents are giving me as much as they can. Yeah. What was it that triggered in you the desire to go after it and do something bigger and better than your current circumstances? I think I think it's innate, partially innate. I I go back to my early life and that uh, as as six months of age, uh, the doctor sent me home uh, for uh, I told my mom I was not going to make it through the night. Okay, uh, I had an Ardina who laid hands on me and prayed uh, over me, and uh, next morning I was totally well. Wow! And so I. Uh, um, that was the start. And then I became very strong in my faith over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, at seven, I went to church by myself and then invited my parents to go. <laughs> Finally, my dad said yes. And my whole family became Christian. So oh, wow. faith is a really, really important part in, uh, in my life, my relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's the foundation of anything that I have. So whatever I have, they say the best thing you can do with money is give it away. Right. And, uh, and so I, I made some money, but at the same time I give God his share. And, uh, and, and and so that's a, that's a part of, of that, that motivation Mm -hmm. is uh, to, to, to do that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I didn't know where that better part was. I grew up in an area that we didn't travel any place. We didn't go any place. I just knew that there was more than just meat and potatoes Mm -hmm. and two pair of jeans and and so I said I'm going to find out what that is, and I went out and I got busy and I worked, and uh, then as I started making a little money, I uh, I said I'm going to dress up for church. I want a suit, 
And so I got on the bus at, at uh, 10 years age and drove downtown Dallas and uh, started looking around and I saw a, a men's suits. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they were custom made. And so my first <laughs> my first suit was a custom made suit, but I'd saved up $100 to get me a suit. All right. And I got it and uh, I made a commitment to the Lord. If you ever, if you'll buy me a suit, I'll dress up for you every Sunday when I go. So I'm right now the, one of the few guys in church that has a suit and tie on, but I'm okay. I'm keeping, oh, I'm keeping awesome. my commitment. Okay. That is so awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, there there is so much goodness in being able to tell stories like that because yeah. uh, I don't think there's enough people today that have the same mindset, um, whether it's commitment, mm-hmm. um, even something as, as, as being suited up for church on Sunday, yeah. right? That's a mm-hmm. lifelong commitment. You made a promise and you've kept for all these years. Yeah. Uh, but also the initiative to not... Uh, not expect a handout. I mean, you went out and made some money to go out and buy your own suit. Oh yeah. And I, and, and I think today the challenge is that there are so many who want champagne living, but are working on, but, but they're, they have uh, what I call a uh, beer effort, right? They want yeah. a champagne life, yeah. but their efforts are more like, uh, you know, uh, cheap yeah. beer. Uh, and you can't do that and succeed. And as a CEO, you've, 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 you've proven that. Amen. And I, I learned very quickly that you can't afford free things. <laughs> because there's always That's a right. tie to it. There's something tied to it. And, That's and right. so I, I did everything. Uh, tells you at my age, but I'd collect Coke bottles, and uh, they had a, a five-cent deposit on oh, them. Oh, yeah. So when you take them back, you had to either bring a Coke bottle or five cents for it. And so I collected those and sold them. And my, my friends in the neighborhood said, how do you do that? And I told them, I said, if you'll just bring the Coke bottles to me, uh, I'll, give you three, uh, I'll give you three cents for them. Oh, really? really? And yeah. so they gave me three. That was my first company. <laughs> and so I made two. I took them in. I made two. So you, if I made, you know, two or $3 a week on it, that, at that time, it went a long way. And then I would, uh, I had two two paper routes, one in the morning and one in the evening after mm. school. And so I just did whatever it took. And I didn't regret it at all. I learned that uh, anything worthwhile is worth working hard at. You know, it's funny. You said that when I was 16 years old, my mother says to me, you know, and I was, we collect the yeah. bottles and cans. I, everyone who hears my, my, my show, they realize they, they know that's part of my, my history. Okay. Um, you know, grew up in Spanish Harlem. That's how we bought our sneakers. But by 16 years old, I had enough money to go out and buy a bike. So my mom says to me, I said, mom, I want to buy two bikes. And she says, why do you want to buy two bikes? She says, it's only one of you. I said, well, I want to buy one to ride and one to rent. <laughs> Make a little money out of it. Make a little money, yeah, because all the other kids needed a bike. They couldn't afford it, so I'll let them rent mine. <laughs> oh, wow. I love <laughs> that story. To... I love that story. So yes. you're, you're uh, one of the most recognized speakers, right? You In business, people recognize you, which is how you and I had a chance to sort of uh, collaborate a little bit in yeah. a recent event in town. Yeah. Um, you talk about the five P strategies for building and running a business. Our listening audience is predominantly business owners, executives, entrepreneurs, people that want to succeed in all areas of life, but we do have a business listening crowd. What would you say to that business owner or that person who's trying to get to the next level about the five P strategy that you talk and teach and preach about? Well, what I found is in, in business for myself and, mm-hmm. and, and watching others that I've known going into business, they, they don't have all the ingredients. They're not quite ready to go to, to, into the marketplace when they mm-hmm. go to the marketplace and therefore they have a struggle most of their life. And so what I've learned and, and, and uh, my process of, of, run, of developing and running a business whether you start your own or you you're working for someone else, take the same attitude, take ownership in in your job, take mm-hmm. ownership in your company. You don't have to own the company to take ownership in mm-hmm. it. But for me, the first thing is prayer. Mm. I I uh, I uh, circle everything in prayer, and one thing I always pray, and it's it's a sermon, it's a verse out of Romans. I mean, out of Revelation, and it says, um, "God can open any door." And pray that if you want this door open, God open this door so wide that I can't fail to go through it. Mm. But if you don't want me to do it, shut that door so tightly that I can't get through. And I can give you example after example in my life where I prayed that prayer and God either shut the door or opened the door. But every door that he shut, Mm. the next one was brighter and bigger and better. And one of them was buying a house. And and that happened. So, yeah, that's very, so that's a prayer. Prayer is very important. Having the right product. A lot of people just will go out and say, well, I want to do this. Well, what's the market for it? Right. How do you sell it? How mm-hmm. much, what does it cost? How much you can you sell it for? Where are you going to sell it? And all so getting the right product or the right service. Number three is, is getting a plan. And I call it a vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people talk about, well, I've got goals. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm mm-hmm. talking about a vision for us. When we started our company, we were paying rent off with our credit cards, but we had a vision that we wanted to be the leading manufacturer and distributor of uh, low-cost healthcare products 
in the world. We want to go public, acquire other companies, and sell to a public company. Took us, I said before, took us 30 years, uh, 20 years to do that. But we accomplished that. But that mm. vision kept us focused, mm. kept us focused on where we need to go. Then you had to surround yourself with good people. I mean, really good people. And I found, and I, I don't want to step on any toes, but I don't go to, I don't work in too, I don't accept projects in too many companies where it's all family owned and operated with a few outsiders. I found that uh, that's not a healthy environment mm-hmm. for, for outsiders to be in. Right. I and agree. so I, 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 uh, I think that you have to pick the right people, tell them what you expect of them, and then get out of the way and let them do their job. Mm-hmm. And if they don't perform, then you do something else. But generally, if you do the right job of recruiting, you're going to do that. So the right people. And, and then the, the key is, is having the proper amount of uh, financing. Mm. So many people are undercapitalized. You have to, just like today, we're right. nearing the recession, inflation's out of sight, having trouble getting products from, uh, if we're sourcing from uh, offshore. And you have to have the cash to withstand, with, uh, stand up. To, mm-hmm. through those difficult times. Mm-hmm. And I see people getting in so much trouble by being undercapitalized. So I'm making sure you got what I call plenty of, of, of reserve. Plenty of and, cash on hand. Yeah, yeah. And, and to sustain it. But be flexible. Then that's not a P. Mm-hmm. But you have to be flexible because things happen that you don't expect them to happen. Mm. And when they do, uh, pull your people together. Uh, don't solve it by yourself. Get the experts in the, in the company to help you uh, d- develop a plan. And then go do it. And I had several companies hire me during the COVID of saying, what do we do? And uh, this is okay. Let's look at the basics. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you, how do you survive? And so survival has always been one of my keys. So those are the five P's. And, and if you, if you miss one of those, mm-hmm. you, 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 you can miss it all. I've walked into many companies that have tried to engage or want to engage me to, to do a project for them. And I'll ask them what their vision is. And they'll say we want to pay the rent uh, next month, <laughs> and uh, that's not a that's right. not that's not a vision. And and I'll walk away from that, and mm-hmm. then uh, I'll I'll reject more uh, clients than uh, than uh, than uh, accept me mm-hmm. because if if they're not willing to do that, number one. But number two is many uh, many owners, many op- entrepreneurs have a set way of doing it, and they don't want to be flexible, don't want right. to change. They that's want right. to improve, but they don't want to change. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be flexible. You have to change with the times, but don't, don't move away from that vision. Stay with that vision. You know, James, there's, there's these five P's are powerful mm-hmm. and, and it's funny. I was about to ask you, which one of these do you find that most companies are, are missing? Because you're right. You could have four out of the five running, but that one yeah. can be, uh, you know, the, 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 the cornerstone that was missing yeah. and the whole building falls apart. Yeah. Right. But which is the one that you would say is the most critical that cannot be missing out of those five P's? To be successful, two uh, is is the vision, and three is the, is the resources, the financial okay. resources. Okay. You know, one of the areas that I find that, that it, and again, this is a topic that we can speak on for hours, mm-hmm. Jim, and we've got a couple yeah. minutes left here. Okay. But oftentimes when I have a chance to speak with companies about the, the same things that you're chatting with them mm-hmm. about, I look for the ingredient, the character trait of humble mm-hmm. and hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right? if you're humble and yeah. hungry, yeah. you will get the right people around you. Yeah. You'll be humble enough to get the money. The five Ps will fall into place right. for the most part, for the yeah, most part, right? For the most part. You've got to be humble and you've got to be hungry. Mm-hmm. And what I find is the companies that have least amount of success, and I want you to share your thoughts on this, are with, with companies whose leadership is not humble. Mm-hmm. They might be hungry, but they're not humble. Have you seen that? Oh, I, everywhere I go, I see it. They're, they're, I'm the owner. They have the owner attitude, and that's not that I'm here to serve you. Mm-hmm. I'm here, and uh, you do bow down and do what I say. Mm-hmm. And the, and the most owner, a lot of owners, are not willing to listen to their employees. I never tried to be the best uh, CPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to, to get the best accounting I, I could, mm-hmm. but I, I, the CFO on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the best marketing people, get the best engineers, and then manage them and lead them through that to accomplish that vision. So get good people and let them do their job. But that's the one thing that I see most owners that are having trouble growing their business. They're not letting their people do the job. 
Well, James, you are a wealth of knowledge. We're mm -hmm. going to have you back because there's a whole lot more <laughs> we can have a conversation about for sure. And one of the things we're going to work on in our future shows is a segment called CE Th uh, CEO Thoughts. Okay. And that is I'm bringing in CEOs that are going to share thoughts mm -hmm. on, you know, insightful thoughts, per deep perspective thoughts that can help anyone else mm -hmm. move along in their own business or life in general. So when we have that program, can you come back? Absolutely. Just give me the day and time I'll be here. I love it. Now, yeah. do you want anyone to know how to find you, where to find you in case they have a need to secure your services? Well, the uh, you can um, the name of my company is Total Business Solutions. And um, I uh, you can reach me at jameshweaver at gmail.com and give me a call. I don't have a website, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm, I'm a, a lot of people know me because I've been around Correct, doing right. for a long yeah. time. So you know, so you're a, you know you're a legend when you don't need a website and people know who you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just mention James Weaver from Dallas. Oh, yeah, that guy. Plus, they could easily find you on LinkedIn anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Facebook. Yeah, I'm right. on LinkedIn. And, yeah. And, and, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. All right. Totally, yeah. Well, folks, the legend is in the house, James Weaver. We appreciate him being here. We're going to be right back after the break. Hi, this is Lynn Ellis with EcoFriends Organic Pest Control. Everyone wants to be healthy and is making tremendous efforts to be healthy and stay healthy through their diet, their cleaning products, lifestyle. But if you use any other type of pest control besides a green organic pest control, you have just undone everything you did. Visit us at ecofriendspestcontrol.com. That's ecofriends.com. Hey guys, your website sucks. At least dealing with it probably does. And your website is the center of your marketing universe. So that's really not good. Your website lives in the weird world of the geek which is a realm that is almost inaccessible to normal humans like yourself. Since 2004, Your Web Guys has been bridging the gap between small business owners and their web presence. Because at Your Web Guys, we will build your website so you can build your business. Here's the deal. We will go over 268 checkpoints on your website, which will tell you what's wrong and how to fix it. Go to WebsiteHealthCheck.net to get this great value. Welcome back, everyone, to the J. Mamie Talk Show. Yet again in studio today. I mentioned earlier we were going to have... One of those individuals that really lights up the room when they walk into the room because the energy is infectious. But I also mentioned that I love spotlighting couples that are working together for the greater good of their vision. And that is the case with not only our corporate sponsor, we're excited about having uh, her as a corporate sponsor, but Lynn Ellis is also the president of EcoFriends Pest Control. And it's the story behind the business. She's one of the most recognized figures here in DFW. Her business is booming. And that's probably because pests are booming. I don't know. Yes, man. <laughs> yes, they are. So the only time a business, a pest control business booms is, in, is when the pests do. <laughs> yes. So Lynn Ellis, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Lynn, before we dive into the goodness of what you're doing and why you are a popular figure here in, in Dallas, as we're highlighting spotlights, uh, Dallas spotlights in the show, but you've got a great story where you and Mick, who's not joining us today, but yes. he's here in spirit, right? Yes, he is. He's here in spirit. Tell us a little bit about your story, how you got started, how you and him met, and uh, let's get our listeners up to speed on that. It's interesting. Well, I met Mick. 20 years before we ever started dating, and we were just friends. Mm -hmm. um, and then he got married, and he I met him through my brother, who played in a band with my brother, and he was the perfect gentleman every time I went. Then he got married, and I felt the wall come up. He couldn't kid around with me like he used to because now he's married. Uh, sadly, his wife passed away at a mm -hmm. very young age, and I knew of it because I would see him periodically here and there. Ran into him at a party he was playing at with my brother. And we kind of caught up and he told me, you know, what was going on and stuff. Well, I had an event to go to, um, a big animal rescue event. And I invited him to go with me. I said, you just need to get out. You just need to get out. You need to get comfortable. And he said, okay, I'll do it. Um, then, you know, he called and said, you know, should we go out, you know, just so there's not any awkwardness? I said, Sure. And he showed up at my house with flowers. Mm. My daughter was enthralled immediately. Mm -hmm. Mom, mom, he brought flowers. Mm -hmm. um, and we went out, had a wonderful time, and we were just together from then on. Wow. Didn't realize we were even dating. My daughter and son-in-law had to point it out to us. Mm. So you guys are dating. We're like, no, no, both of us. And they're like, you talk every day and see each other four or five times a week. Oh. 
<laughs> so, and so, you know, we were dating, having a great time. Every, I, it was the best time I ever had. Then I got ill about a year into our dating, mm-hmm. kidney stones, and had to have four surgeries. Was not going to pass any of them. Mick took care of me, my house, my animals, my bills. Third time he's bringing me home from the hospital, he has a Camaro, so I can see the pavement real close. Mm-hmm. And I'm having to hold a pillow because I'm sore. And I looked out the window and said, if you don't dump me out on the freeway, we are so getting married. (laughs) Yeah. And if you tried to dump me, I'm stalking you. (laughs) And he's just driving along, doesn't say a word, nothing. Well, two weeks later, I have the fourth surgery, so I'm done. But I have two weeks of healing uh, still before I can go back to work and everything. And one day I looked at him and I said, well, and he said, what? I said, I told you, if you didn't throw me out on the freeway, we were getting married. And if you dump me, I'm stalking you. And he stood there and looked at me and was like, you remember that? Yeah, I do. And I'm in it. Oh, week later, I had an engagement ring. Look at that. And he, being the romantic he is, mm-hmm. I met him at a restaurant in the parking lot. He got down on one knee and officially proposed. Look at that. And I tell people, because his name is Mickey, Mm -hmm. I got slipped a Mickey. Best (laughs) Mickey ever. That's a great story. And you guys have been together ever since. Yes. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So walk me through, walk us through then, how did the development of this business come to pass? Because you, uh, you know, Mick is an employee. He wasn't really a business owner in the past, and you were also uh, but then here you go, launching a business together. Tell me about that. Well, what what it was, I was in animal medicine, had been in it for 28 years mm-hmm. professionally, grew up with it. Uh, out in the country, you know, the vet came to your property, was mm-hmm. um, went to school with the vet's daughter, rode with him, and did stuff. It was wonderful. I learned I do not like pigs. Mm-hmm. A mama sow will come after you when mm-hmm. you grab her piglets. Mm-hmm. And she means it. Mm-hmm. So I I have a fear of pigs, of all animals, and they're actually very good, but, mm-hmm. yeah, that traumatized me as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then I realized as I got older, you got paid for this. Mm. And that's what I did. Went to work at different vet hospitals, um, surgery tech, kennel person, receptionist, uh, just a room tech. And I had an accident with my neck and had to have neck surgery, could no longer physically work with the animals. So I went to the front desk, which worked out for the hospital because I knew so much when people called, I knew it was an emergency. You need to get in here. You know, I could discern that in the conversations and get people in and taken care of. Well, one of the things we saw, which I never understood having grown up out in the country, was poisoning from pest control. I we, we had horses, we had cattle, it was done, never saw an animal react to it. Mm-hmm. And here we are in the city, and these animals are coming in, severe reactions, um, can't stand, having seizures, drooling, can't hold their head up. And it turns out none of them were ever, ever deliberately sprayed. That never happened. But what it was... They don't wear shoes and socks. Mm. They lick themselves. They would lay down where it had been applied. Or a bug had died like a toddler. They put it in their mouth. Mm. And I'm like, dear God in heaven, there's got to be something better. Because our kids are on the floor. Mm -hmm. Our kids are out in the yard. And dogs and cats, they eat foliage that had been sprayed. And that's what they were reacting to. And there just has to be a better way. And so I went to work for a company, uh, learned a lot, learned anyone can say they're eco-friendly no matter what they use. And I really have a problem with that because you assume they're not using toxic chemicals. Mm -hmm. And what it really means, they're using the lowest mixture of that toxic chemical. And I'm just like, oh, Okay, and it's referred to in our industry as synthetic chemicals. Okay. What I use is referred to as chemicals. Okay. But even mine is not entirely safe because it's in a concentrated form, and we're diluting it. Anything concentrated, you know, think about it. 
bleach, Lysol, ammonia, they are toxic. And if you read the labels on bleach, uh, Lysol, ammonia, all of that, it says wear gloves. Nobody does. Right. Nobody does. Um, And I've heard, you know, we've had animals come in. They were mopping the floor with bleach water and the dog drink it. Wow. You know, things like that. So even things that are over the counter or considered what I use, which is just plain chemicals, but are organic based, they're essential oils, mm-hmm. or they're from the earth, what's considered green. Mm-hmm. You know, it's made from a vitamin, it's made from um, lava, believe it or not, boric acid comes from lava. Okay. Sand. Really? Yes. Sand. The little silica packets in your shoes right, and stuff like right. that, that is sand. And we get it in an even finer form, and it's static electricity. It attaches to the bugs as they move. Wow. And it dehydrates them. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So silica has uh, some magnetic properties mm-hmm. that uh, uh, attracts, right? attaches uh, the bugs, and the bugs dehydrate. Yeah, it dries them out. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's a great product. We use it uh, that in combination with another one for bed bugs. And we put that into the walls because that's where they are. Mm-hmm. They don't like sunlight and they don't move until they're hungry. Mm-hmm. And so the silica is there. They move. It attaches to them. They never make it out of the wall. That is um, That's fantastic. See, the value of having knowledge, the value of having knowledge like this changes not only lives, yes. but it saves lives. Yes. And I met Dr. Ray Thompson, who educated me thoroughly on organic pest control or green pest control, whatever you want to call it, eco-friendly pest control, uh, what to use, what not to use, and what was the uh, learning that he gave me. The best education was the entomology. You've got to know what that bug does before you can really get rid of it. And that's what we base everything on. Y'all ask, what type of problems are you having? You may tell me, ants. When I get there, we will discern which ants you have and what we need to use. And ants are brutal this year. Mm. Very brutal. There's one right now, the rover ant, that they thought was just harmless. They're invading homes. Wow. Just invading homes. They knew about them for about 35, 40 years. And they're itty, bitty, bitty, tiny. Mm -hmm. Can come through a window screen and thought they were nothing. Well, they set up their mounds inside your walls. That's crazy yeah so where are they exactly yeah you know um and we we come at it from different angles because they are going to go outside Mm -hmm. all bugs are going to go outside except for the german roach it lives indoor only you know so you've got to learn all these things so you know how to handle the situation for the client and give them the best results and their company has been uh, around for how long 14 years. 14. So you've seen them come and go. Mm-hmm. You've seen all of the, the, the trends, the different uh, uh, products. And, and I mean, the, there's no cycle that you've not seen right. in this industry, um, which is fantastic. What regions do you cover? Uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We do go up to McKinney. We do go out to Rockwall. Um, we go over, you know, South Lake, Keller, Grapevine, Fort Worth, Lake Worth, those areas. Uh, even Hewlin. Uh, we do cover those. You know, we just have to schedule them when we've got multiple jobs in that area. It's the okay. logistics, especially now with gas prices. Well, and you've been a fantastic guest. Uh, you know, it's one of the reasons why I, I have segments like this where I highlight local businesses um, because the story behind the business is, is equally as the business itself. And you and Mick are doing fantastic work. Yes. And I appreciate you being our actually one of our local sponsors here for the Jay yes. Mamie Talk Show. I'm very excited about that because I, I do believe in what you're doing, and it's going to help other small businesses. We've been through a lot the mm-hmm. past couple of years, so we need to support ourselves any way we can in each other. I agree. Well, then, fantastic guest. The name of the company, it's called? Eco Friends Organic Pest Control. And can be found at? At www.ecofriendspestcontrol.com, and our phone number is 972-484-7287. We're going to have Lynn's information up at our site anyway, guys, so you can catch her and reach out to her for services there as well. Lynn, appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was great. Folks, we'll be right back.
after the break. Friends, this is Jay Mamie, and I'm thrilled to announce that our merchandise site is now open for business just in time for the holidays. My inspirational quotes, encouragement words, and thought-provoking phrases can be printed on a number of very cool items to help you stay in thriving mode. Make sure to visit my website, thejmamie.com. Look for the store link. Check out the items. Once again, that'll be at thejmamie.com. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need to you can experience the results you want. ThriveSalesMastery.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line right now, I'm excited about our Impact Spotlight. David Williams is the founder of Tech Mentor. I mentioned in an earlier part of the show that there are people that are so invested in building up communities, especially the inner city communities that they take their time and their talent and they invest it in the lives of others. And in this case, David Williams started this initiative not too long ago, and it's already impacting the lives of youth in the inner cities in South Dallas where they're learning the value of technology and the developmental skill of technology. So I had to have him on the phone today in order to share with us his initiative. So David Williams, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Hey, Jay. Thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it, brother. Absolutely. Hey, you deserve the spotlight for what you're doing. And as we're highlighting impact makers, spotlighters in the Dallas area, you really fit the bill well. But before we dive into all of what you're doing that's helping others, I'd like for you to just take a few minutes to to share with our listeners a little bit about your story. Sure. Um, Look, I'm a native of South Dallas. Um, My story started off a little rough, like many people, uh, many anomalies. Uh, my father committed suicide when I was eight. Um, mm. I grew up in South Dallas. My mother wanted to try to help me with education and do the best that we could. Um, she was working overtime morning and night. Um, and me, I was trying to figure out ways to help the family. Uh, that creativity and ingenuity that I was having as a kid, I never let it go. I kept it with me throughout my career at AT&T and tele- telecommunications. And as of late, uh, last year, I won a Black Engineer of the Year Award. Uh, this year, my team is accepting an IT Team of the Year Award. I uh, got a few patents along the way and probably drove a billion dollars worth of automation one way or the other. So that's quite the stellar career. One of the things that impresses me about you, David, when I had a chance to, to hear you speak a few weeks ago at an event that you and I were part of, uh, and then now as I've had a chance to, to get to know you even better, brother, is you didn't allow – the 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 setbacks of of losing a parent to suicide in the neighborhood that you grew in. I mean, we you and I share a lot in common. You know, we we didn't grow up yeah. in the best of neighborhoods, right? <laughs> uh, but but somehow you figured out a way to stay positive, uh, to be forward thinking, and really block out the nonsense that was happening around you. Can you speak a little bit about that? Because there are so many today that are stuck in that place. And how do you get past that, whether you're a youth or even an adult experiencing such a thing? Yeah, you know, um, times were tough, and I won't say that I I had it all figured out the whole way through. A lot of times it was uh, the good Lord carrying me, just like the poem of the footprints in the sand. But, um, you know, a couple of things that come to mind is um, my mother, you know, I saw her making ends meet, right? We've all heard the phrase of making a dollar out of 15 cents. Well, if a CFO could make a dollar out of 15 cents for just one or two quarters, that CFO would be CEO. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times for those of us who do come from underserved communities, when we find ourselves outside of our element in new environments, we don't take that into work with us. We leave that in the parking lot. I submit that that's a transferable skill, making a dollar out of 15 cents. If you take it wherever you go, you could really be successful with that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the other thing is, you know, really trying to connect with people who are um, like-minded. You know, I believe that collective success is not complicated. It's not easy, but it's not complicated. And 
and one in one really makes 11. And so if you can find someone and that will bring their best self and you bring your best self, you can do a whole lot of goodness together. You can get further faster. Yeah, I love that. One and one equals 11. Never heard that before, brother, and that is uh... – that's a knowledge bomb. See, sometimes we have mic drops, but this is not a mic drop. What you gave was a knowledge bomb, so appreciate that. <laughs> Let's dive into Tech Mentor. Fill me in on the what launched that initiative and what is it doing today, and what's the future of Tech Mentor? Sure. So um, just real briefly, I um, in 2020, um, you know, COVID hit the United States, and as it broke out across the U.S., it forced a lot of change. And in my world in telecommunications, a lot of folks who had to go home and work, we weren't able to do our jobs because there's certain FCC rules that protect all that. Long story short, I, I invented something that enabled 40,000 people to work from home securely. And from that, I won this Black Engineer of the Year Award. And after winning that, I just said, it's crazy to let this sit on the shelf and be dusty. Um, let me get out in the community and do something. And so we started this program, Tech Mentor, where we would have solar robot workshops and we would go to underserved neighborhoods. And, and I mean, the neighborhoods that, you know, a lot of folks are just afraid to go to just to keep it real with you. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, some of these recreational centers, some of these schools, all they have is construction paper, scissors, and glue. Everyone doesn't have a cell phone, 5G, Wi-Fi, any of that. And so, um, or even computers. And so we had these uh, workshops where we would show kids um, you know, we would talk to them about how solar energy and solar panels work. We would have uh, exercises building the robots right there, real time, group exercises building them. Once we built them, we would race the, we, we race the robots against the, each other. That's a big fun piece of it. We stop and have conversations about what can make these robots go faster. The kids start taking things off of it. We start talking about what does that mean? That's gravity, friction, Newton's second law. All of these things, and then we have a, another moment to pause and say, look, these are small ideas that you guys are offering right now. For me, I share my small ideas of when I was, my mother was working overtime and I was trying to help make ends meet. I held on to those, those small ideas, that creativity, that passion, and now I'm doing pandemic-level solutions. I explained to them they have everything in them and even more to go do the same. You know, and therefore it opens their eyes up to other possibilities. At the end of it, we have another race, but then most importantly, we gift those solar robots. We give them to the children, um, and it's like Christmas in the summer. Mm. What have you found as the reaction uh, from not only the kids but their parents, community leaders, teachers, what uh, the other adults? Uh, what has been the reaction and the support? so far and what's happening that is starting now to create this buzz around this program? Oh, wow. So it's amazing when you see an 11 year old girl spend 30, 45 minutes working on a robot. I know she hasn't had three meals today. I know, you know, her situation at home isn't as stable as we would hope for it to be. And she's invested in it. And they say kids have a short attention span. Uh, not if you find something that they're interested in. No kid That's has right. a hard time spending time on TikTok. Or That's right. And um, those kinds of moments are watershed moments. You know, when I meet with high school students or middle school students, a lot of times those children are at a phase in their life, in their adolescence, where sometimes they're too cool for school, right, you know. Um, all this is, you know, nerdy. All this is whack. You know, they, they sometimes judge things before they even get into it. And that's fine. We all did it as kids. But once they get involved in it, then they're just completely hook, line, and sinker. I remember one uh, middle school class uh, I was giving this to, and they were, you know, a lot of the kids act like they were really cool. There were some jocks and, and, you know, athletes and all that. And by the end of it, you know, we were taking pictures and signing autographs. Mm. Uh, so the reaction has been amazing. Uh, there's no level. I mean, we've had these at birthday parties, adult high school, um, middle school, elementary. Um, it, it just works ubiquitously across the whole thing because, again, we're teaching teamwork. We're introducing people to technology that maybe they didn't, you know, in, a, in an unthreatening way, in an approachable way. 
And then um, we're talking about creativity and hanging on to their passion to go do something epic in their mm-hmm. life. So it's been a wild success. Um, you know, most recently there's a lot of developments that are starting to happen where we partner with the Perot system, I mean the Perot uh, Museum, and they are, we will have quarterly solar robot workshops for 100 students at the Perot Museum. Uh, also Fantastic. really really geared to try to bring in more children of color, right, um, so that they are introduced to the wonderment of the Perot Museum. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, we've partnered with Lancaster ISD to start an intern program where I will teach high school students how to deliver these workshops. Those high school students will deliver the workshops to middle school students. The middle school students will deliver workshops to the elementary students. All the while, the students who actually deliver the workshop will be paid as an intern. And the reason we do that is because, sure, I made sure with some cool tennis shoes and, you know, we got some swag. We're having good, you know, camaraderie and jokes and all that. But what's really cool to an elementary school kid is a middle schooler. And what's really cool to a middle schooler is a high schooler. Mm-hmm. And so we'll just we'll create an ecosystem of children learning STEM from a very early age. And hopefully we can push STEM in these underserved communities instead of, instead of the other things that get pushed in these communities. Yes, fantastic. I, I love what you're doing, creating this overlapping leadership. It's a skill development that uh, early on can really help that individual, that, that young person, bring that into the future in, in a much greater way. So it's powerful what you're doing uh, currently. In our last minute here, yeah, I want to know two things. What's your vision for this program, and how can it be supported in our last minute? Sure. So um, the vision is, is exactly what we're doing with uh, Lancaster ISD, also the Perot Museum. This is not necessarily for me to be delivering all these workshops, but really to help other students to start delivering workshops to other students. That way we have a continuum of knowledge that's being shared. What can people do to support? You can find me and, and, and support on dcwtmt.com. Well, folks, we're going to put up David Williams and his information tech mentor up at our website. So if you want to support him, you can. If you want to learn more about his initiative, you can. He's doing fantastic things. And before I let you go, David, I just got to say that you're, you've got something special coming up in a few months from now, which we're going to have you back. You're about to launch your first book. I'm excited about it. I know what the book is about. I think it's going to help people a lot of uh, in, a, in, a, in a other very significant way. We're going to talk more about that in the future when the time is right. For the time being, we appreciate you being on the show. And folks, that wraps up another fantastic week of the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We'll see you next week.